Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. This is what happens when you put Lydia up here at the microphone. Everything drops. We've got to get you a box or something to lift you up because we love you. And we rejoice over you with singing and your, your, your second birthday or salvation day coming up tomorrow. God bless you. What a great morning. I think we've got the theme. I think we've got the rejoice, the, the joyful theme. I was thinking, Dieter, thank you for the drums. You don't often get a chance to play the cowbell. But I don't know if you heard, on Rejoice Sunday, you should play the cowbell. And so, Dieter, thank you for, thank you for a, a little bit of cowbell there while we were worshiping and rejoicing this morning. Um, I love this time of year. Christmas has always been important to me. My sisters always make fun of me, how I always seem to get a nosebleed on Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm just so excited. I, I remember as a boy, I was so excited, wondering, how does Santa ever do it? How does Santa get to all the houses in one night and give the boys and girls presents and stuff? It was mind-boggling to me. My father is an engineer, and I... I'm a bit of a thinker, so I'm always trying to think, how did he do it? And does he go west to east or east to west? And so as a curious boy, oh, my name, my middle name is, is George Gerhardt, um, George. And so <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> my Mennonite middle name is Gerhardt. And uh, so they called me Curious George because I'm always curious. In fact, my Kikuyu name is, is Macharya, which means Curious George, really. So my parents would put me to bed Christmas Eve, and they would say, you know, sleep well, be quiet, and and we don't want to see you again. Um, And I would go to bed, and I would would wait till Mom closes the door, and I had a flashlight under my pillow. And I would turn on the flashlight and under the blankets, and I would read a book, and it was usually a comic book, but it was a book. Um, And I would try my best to stay awake to hear Santa coming and to hear the reindeer. And there was one year, I don't know, I, I think I was like six, but I swear I heard the reindeer on the roof. There was bells and there was hoofs on the roof that night. I, I knew I heard it. And um, I just, I still don't know how Santa does it. I don't know how he gets all around the world. It's a miracle. And, um, but the truth is that, that, you know, there's a more important miracle. In fact, and it's the birth of Christ. It has nothing to do with Santa or reindeer. What's the miracle is the astounding way that, that God came to us, Emmanuel. God's ways astound us. The miracle of the way that God revealed himself to us. God's methods are beyond our comprehension. Paul writes uh, in Romans eleven thirty three, Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments. How untraceable his ways. Um, This is called a doxology um, that Paul gives there. Doxa means praise and and logi, logos, means word. So these are words of praise. Words of praise to God focusing on his greatness. On how absolutely wonderful he is. His riches, his wisdom, his knowledge are greater than than we can even measure. His methods are beyond our understanding. And honestly, when you think about God's methods throughout history, but in particular at the Christmas story, it, it changes you. It fills your heart. 
if we are to decide today as a group, we would decide how we would bring about the redemption of mankind. Would we decide to send a child to bring about the redemption of all mankind? God chose to reveal himself in the simplest, most straightforward way, in a way that we could understand. So he came to the world as a helpless, defenseless baby. Sam, one of our new fathers, was, has gained a new appreciation for the birth of Christ. And after the wonderful birth of his little girl, Ella, Ella was looking up at me from the pew this morning. It's so good for kids to be here and to, for us to be singing around them. The, the songs get into their, into their bones and they grow up knowing and loving these songs. God chose to be born to a humble set of poor parents. He wasn't born in a palace, but in a stable. He was born to a young couple whose hearts were pure, but they had no worldly influence. They were plain, ordinary, obscure individuals, kind of like me and you. Yet they were the ones God chose to be the parents of Jesus. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration for his Heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's methods are different than our methods. And when we look at a number of biblical characters, um, look at some of his surprising choices. He chose Abraham to leave his home to travel to the place of promise. He chose Joseph, the next youngest son of Jacob, to become the savior of his family. He chose Israel, this small little nation, that at the time was so lacking in significance. He chose them to be his special people. He chose David, a shepherd boy, and not any of his older brothers, to become the king of Israel. And he chose Bethlehem, this small, insignificant spot on the landscape of Israel, to be the birthplace of his son. Do you see the pattern here? Abraham and Joseph and Israel and David and Bethlehem. Over and over again, God has chosen plain, ordinary people and places to do extraordinary things. How impossible it is for us to understand God's decisions and his ways. Luke records in his account of Christ's birth that Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem to register for the census. While they were there, time came for the baby to be born. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed, placed him in the manger because there was no room in the inn. We know the story. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. They stayed in the barn. Joseph, being a good husband, probably tried to clean the trough out and get things ready and to move the manure out of, a, out of the way to make a place where the baby could be born. But no matter what he did, it was still a barn where the child was born. It's incredible. A savior in a barn. The light of the world in a darkened manger. It's an incredible story. And if this is the way God works, it should be no surprise that God's ways include us. God's ways include you. To celebrate the birth of Christ, the angels 
announced his birth to whom? Who did the angels go to when they, when they came to announce the birth of, of Jesus? Shepherds. They came to shepherds. I don't know if you've ever met a shepherd. But shepherds are humble people. They're they're humble people, and and um, sometimes they don't have places to wash. They're out in the fields. In Africa, we had some shepherd friends, and they had a they had a stool and a and a, a little a little little wooden stool that they would sit on, and a, and a staff and a rod, a little pot to make some food. Yeah, they they were very simple people. Why didn't God choose kings and queens to announce the arrival of Jesus to? Why didn't he choose priests or military leaders, bankers or lawyers? You know, why didn't, why did he choose shepherds? God chose to make this ground announcement, this this huge announcement to simple shepherds, fulfilling their responsibilities to care for their flock. The more you think about it, the more incredible the whole story is. This, this Christmas story is incredible. I love it. It's a reflection of my God. It's a reflection of how God works. Part of the joy of Christmas is the miracle of the method, of the miracle of how God chose to reveal himself to us. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And that gives me hope. Thinking about the mystery of God's ways, we continue to think about it. And um, John 14 After the resurrection, Jesus shows himself to who? To Mary. Mary. And Mary is looking for Jesus. And uh, John 14, Jesus spoke to her, uh, her being Mary. He says to her, woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She thinking, this is incredible, thinking that he was the gardener, said, sir, if you will tell me, Take me, show me where you have put him so that I can care for him. Then Jesus said one word. This is so beautiful. He said, Mary. Turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning teacher. He showed himself to the person who loved him the most, Mary. Following his resurrection, Jesus revealed himself to his followers, and gave them the responsibility to go and make disciples to all the world, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that he had commanded. To that small band of followers, Jesus entrusted the good news of salvation. Think about the magnitude of what Jesus did. He gave his story, his life, the story of salvation to this small group of people. Simple, devoted women a handful of fishermen and faithful men. How impossible it is for us to understand God's decisions. Why does God work the way he does? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why does God work the way he does? Paul commented on God's way, saying that God uses ordinary people to establish his extraordinary work. He writes, Friends, consider your calling. Not many of you are wise, from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of a noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. That's me. (laughs) Foolish of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. That's me. That's you. 
the weak. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, so that no one can boast in his presence. That's me, insignificant. Nothing but a child of God. It's incredible. Foolish, weak, and insignificant. That's me. And I'm pleased to be foolish, weak, and insignificant for Christ's sake. Because he uses foolish, weak, and insignificant people to do extraordinary things. Amen? He uses us. Here's the secret. Our abilities are not as important as our attitude and our availability. It's not about our qualifications. It's not about our degrees or our skills. It's about our attitude and our availability. All we have to do is to say to Jesus, whatever you need, I will do it. Wherever you send me, I will go. And where has he sent us? Many of you have an incredible journey. From Russia to Paraguay to, to Brazil to Uruguay to China to, to Manitoba. The ends of the earth, Manitoba. <laughs> someone, who's, someone who's watching the sermon from Manitoba going, why did he say that? No, Manitoba is beautiful. But then he sent us to St. Catharines. You know, brothers and sisters, we are not here by mistake. We are not here by mistake. We are here with a purpose. To be God's church, God's light, and God's salt. To make a difference for Christ today. Amen? We are, I know many of you, you've had many years here. I just drove by my great-grandfather's house up on Dakota Avenue. My mom said I should take a look. And she remembers it as a mansion. Well, it's not a mansion. It's just a little white house up on Dakota Avenue. I am five kilometers from where my great-grandfather lived. This is my home. I'm coming back home, but this is my home. God has called me back home. For what reason? For you. That's a good reason. But I think he has a purpose for us. We're on a mission. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to do wonderful things for Christ. But not because of what we can do, not because we're important, but because God is great. And he will use us. A beautiful thing about God using us is that while he chooses us, even in our frailty and in our sin and in our weakness, he then purifies us and sanctifies us. That's another aspect of the miracle of the way God works. God is at work in our lives in ways that we don't even know or comprehend. Have you ever had a friend and they're just doing amazing things and they don't know it? They are the most loving, kind, impactful person and they don't know it? You know, they're, they're just so humble and, and godly. Lord, make us like that. Once we begin the spiritual journey of faith in Christ, we are always growing in love and devotion. Love and devotion. But the issue is, we experience problems, pain, and pressures. We experience struggles, we experience sickness. We experience temptations, and we experience failures. We take one step forward in our spiritual growth, and sometimes we follow it by two steps back. 
There are victories and celebrations accompanied by defeats and despair. This is our journey. It's a journey that makes us strong, resilient, and useful. Yeah, when I speak to so many of you and I hear your stories, your journey, what God has done, I'm thinking, Lord, make me, make me like my sister, make me like my brother. Could I have made the journey you made? I, I think about some of the things that I've been through and difficulties and sicknesses. I passed my cardiac test this week, my stress test. Yes, Lord, I'm strong. <laughs> Thank you for clapping for that. Yeah, you're, you're stuck with this little bald boy for a while. That heart is okay. That heart is okay. But we know sickness, we know difficulty, we know struggle. But that's what makes us strong. We can't answer all of the questions as to why things happen in our life. But we can trust that God is at work in our lives for our good. We trust that he's working in our lives through our difficulties. We take God at his word. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Is that up on screen there? Why don't we read that together? We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. We live in the light of that scripture, and we must continue to trust that he's working in us. Continue to rejoice in God. Even though we don't understand why certain things happen in our lives, we need to continue to follow him and live a life that's richly blessed. The miracle of Christmas is that God uses ordinary people like you and me to accomplish extraordinary things. The miracle of Christmas is that God is at work in us even now in ways that we don't understand. We just have to put ourselves in the right place and be available. Amen. Amen. We may not feel that we have the strength. God has the strength. We may not feel that we have the knowledge. God will give you the words. So let us rejoice. Let us hit the cowbell this Christmas, knowing that God sent Jesus for us. We rejoice because God is working in us and through us for his glory. So, my dear family, let us rejoice for Christmas is almost here. Freulich Weihnachten. I tried. I tried. I'm sorry. God bless you in German. I'm, I, I'll get it better. You can... You can you can help me after service. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are wonderful. How great you are, your riches, your wisdom, your knowledge. But we would also confess that it is impossible for us to completely understand your methods. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Forgive us for trying to fit you into a nice little box. We confess that many times we feel frustrated and confused by the things that happen in our lives. Help us to remember that you love us and that you're at work in our lives for our good and for your glory. Help us to continue to trust even when we don't understand. Lord, you've chosen ordinary people like us 
to accomplish extraordinary things for your kingdom. And so again today we pray, Lord, use us. Lord, take my life and use me in whatever way you decide to extend your kingdom here on earth. Father, use me to share the good news of salvation with those around me this Christmas. Thank you for loving us and for working through us. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.